For any business, it's vital to know what your customers think if you want to continually evolve and improve. You need to make sure you're in tune with what they want and need. For general practice, it's no different. Yet how feedback is collected is at best unsophisticated and more often it's pointless and of little or no value. I'm going to share with you some thoughts and ideas on how you can improve the feedback you gather from your patients. So let's get started. Are you providing the leadership in your practice? Maybe you found out what a complicated and difficult role this can be. I'm Gary Hughes and this is the Leadership in Practice podcast, where I'll be helping you manage some of the challenges all leaders face. I'll be giving you ideas and tools and helping you understand how you can be a better leader of your practice. Patients should be at the centre of general practice with everything built around what they need and want. But if we're not asking or don't know what that is, then it's difficult to make it happen. NHS England seem to put little effort into collecting truly valuable patient feedback and it feels like the small amount it does is done for political reasons. Practices probably struggle with having the time, resources and skills to do it properly. But as primary care transforms, now is the time to change this and begin finding out what patients think to make sure it is built around what they want and need. So why do we need to know what patients think? Well, we need to know what they think of the practice and the experience they're having. If they feel the experience is getting worse and their opinion is becoming less favourable, then that will affect your popularity and reputation. And that does matter because in turn, it can affect your list size, which for a practice is a key generator of income. It can lead to more complaints, which can suck up more of practice time to deal with. And that declining opinion can also indicate other problems. And if that experience is not as good as it could be, these could be problems that on a day-to-day basis will make the practice less efficient. It could cost time and money, or even worse, it could bring you under the scrutiny of the CQC. So what's wrong with the way that we measure patient experience now? Well, the current system is really blunt and it's really ineffective. I struggle to think of much beyond the annual patient survey or the friends and family test or NHS choices to think where this feedback is coming from. And some of these might be fairly high profile for the NHS, but they're really poor. For most practices, I really think they're of little value. The annual survey just isn't enough. Relatively speaking, it's a really small sample. It just gives you a snapshot in time, and it's a very broad assessment. It's not at all focused. And the friends and family test is also extremely limited. It's great to be able to say that we've got 90% of patients that would be likely to recommend the practice. But if you haven't got friends and family in the area, then it's a bit of a pointless question to ask. Granted, depending on how you collect your friends and family tests, free text comments can give you some really useful additional information if you've got the time to analyse them. And the other main area for collecting feedback are patient groups. But usually these are groups that are really difficult for practices to put together. And they tend to be patients that don't represent the demographics and a permanent membership. So it's doubtful that you're going to get the view of the whole population from from a small patient group that usually exists at a practice. So how can we do it better? 
Well, the purpose of measuring your patient experience is to really understand and know your patients. You need to find out what your patients need and want. And for each segment of your patient demographic, it won't be the same. As an example, your younger patients will probably want completely different things to your older patients. In gathering all this feedback, our intention should be we use it to make sure that our patients are feeling involved and they're cared for. You want to try and create an emotional connection with your patients. Healthcare really is an emotional thing. So you want to try and make sure that they really feel part of the practice and they really feel involved in their care and the services that you're delivering. And patient experience is far more than that latest interaction. Patient experience is about everything that gives an impression. Try and view it from your patient's perspective. Think about the physical environment. What do your patients think when they're approaching the practice? What's that first impression? How are they greeted by reception? How are they greeted on the phone? How easy are you making it for them to access the practice? Whether that's by telephone or walking in or even online. Your online presence is more and more important. And how easy we make that is going to be more and more a vital part of the patient experience. I suspect most practices probably don't think about, well, what standard do we want to offer? You know, what experience do we want to give the patients? So we can improve things by giving some thought to that. What experience do we want them to have? And once we've defined that standard, it's then easier for us to measure it. It's easier to ask questions to actually test if we're delivering the standard we want. Did they find the waiting room clean and warm and comfortable? Did they find the receptionist ready, willing and able to help them? Were the online services easy to navigate and did they offer them everything they wanted? And when it comes to actually gathering the feedback, you want to make that as quick and as easy as possible. And in many cases, that's going to be with online surveys and email and text channels. But for those patient groups that maybe haven't got that access, you need to also think about ways you can do it. How can you gather that feedback while you've actually got the contact with them? We need to gather this feedback and we need to let the patients know why we're doing it. And when we act, we need to let them know what we've changed and why we've changed it. So they really do feel like they're driving the changes. We can also improve how we gather feedback on the patient experience by making it more real time and focused. Up till now, much, if not all of what we've done is to collect retrospective opinion. And that really has limited value. We need to try and get to the point where we're collecting feedback as near to real time as possible. And we should try and get away from asking broad questions and instead think about specifics. Think about the whole patient journey and ask questions about specific points on that journey. It's these sorts of things, asking questions about important touch points, the point at which the patient contacts the surgery that you need to ask. You need to find out about the things that actually really are important. What we need to do is to get away from those broad assessments and really start to feedback on specifics. So if you've defined a standard that you want to offer, make sure the questions you're asking are about that standard. If the standard you're going to offer is that the patient will be able to get through to the surgery within two minutes of phoning, then ask questions about that. Get feedback on the specifics, not just broad issues. We can also improve things by maybe changing how we use patient groups. In most cases, they've tended to be permanent membership groups. But instead of these types of groups, 
it would be better to have focus groups that are formed for the design and feedback of specific areas. If you're going to launch a new weight management service, then ask patients who are likely to use that service what it is they want. They don't need to be permanent groups. They can just be created to help you design and get feedback on them. But it's far better to have groups that actually will use and will know about what it is you're doing and want to ask. And where something is working well, where you are getting good feedback and doing something well, bring patients together to form fan groups. Make them positive advocates to get others on board. You need to get patients emotionally connected to the surgery. They need to know that they are driving the change. And with all this feedback, and if you do make changes, then you'll have messages to communicate back to the patients. So make sure that you're using social media and blogs and testimonials to get that message out there. And capturing patient feedback, it needs to be an ongoing thing. It's not enough to just do it once a year or from time to time. It should be a continuous thing and it should be one of the most important things you do. You want to make sure that you collect the positive and the negative feedback. Make sure that you're counting and you're looking at your complaints as well as your compliments. You need to be able to identify where you've beaten that standard that you're going to deliver to. And as importantly, you need to know where you didn't because it's where you didn't that you're going to make the changes. And with all this information, make sure that you regularly report what you're finding. Let your patients know. Let your practice team know and your stakeholders know. Tell them what patients are saying about your activities and where your patients have asked for change. Then report what you've changed and measure then that change. Make sure that you're asking specific questions about how effective that change was so you can then report on what was the impact of the change. And you should also use the patient feedback that you get to develop your team. Where you're told the experience you're offering is falling short of your standard, make sure you use that to determine the training that you've got to deliver so the practice team can deliver the experience that you want. And again, measure the effect of that training and the impact it has. Gathering patient feedback to measure their experience really should be a continuous and ongoing thing. So patient feedback is extremely valuable for your practice and your primary care network if you want to be successful in meeting your patient's needs. If you're going to do it, then it's worth doing it right and making sure the feedback you get is something you can use. Make sure you're getting feedback that is real time and focused and don't just ask the same people the same thing. Ask what they experience at specific points and measure it against the standards that you want to deliver. And when you're told where the improvements or changes are needed, train your team and create new ways of working to achieve this. You provide an experience, so make it positive. Everything else in the NHS is changing, and so must the way we measure and manage the patient experience. Thank you for listening to this Leadership in Practice podcast. You can find even more ideas and tools to help you improve your leadership in my book, Leadership in Practice, and my blogs posted on LinkedIn. If you'd like help with a leadership challenge, contact me at gary at leadershipinpractice.co.uk, connect with me on LinkedIn, or head on over to www.leadershipinpractice.co.uk. It'll be great to connect with you. If you want to be a regular listener to the show, 
the easiest way is to subscribe on iTunes. Thank you.